You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And just like that Super Bowl week is upon us, opening night tonight. It's going to have a different feel to it. It's going to be virtual, so maybe uh, less shenanigans. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On AZ Cards, at Bob Rack, easiest way to find me, B-O-B-R-A-C-K, and at Clancy's Corner to follow Alex. And uh, there was a huge blockbuster trade that went down Saturday night. Happened over the weekend. The Cardinals, division foe, feeling itself after the deal. How much better did the Rams get by trading for Matthew Stafford? We're going to get into that conversation. What did the San Francisco 49ers do now that they missed out on Stafford, who was, uh, I mean, there was there was a pretty big contention for Stafford services. And then uh, it's a mock draft Monday. We're going to begin this bit every Monday. We'll get into the Draft Network's latest mock draft this week. It was Joe Marino. And i got to be honest with you, Alex, I think the draft analysts are already mailing it in as far as the Cardinals' 16th overall pick and what direction they should go. Because we also have grown-up Eddie Munster's mock draft. Mel Kuyper Jr. dropped his second mock. And uh, there, there's not a lot of um, – they're not varying the picks. It's, it's pretty much two guys they've identified that the Cardinals are going to go at 16, which is a spot where uh, you can really go any direction. Yeah, I, the Draft Network at all have chosen J.C. Horn to go number 16 overall to the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> cornerback out of South Carolina. Third cornerback off the board. Right. Um, you know, the Cardinals are in that situation where do you want to take the third best corner? Do you want to take the second best edge rusher? Do you want to take the f- maybe fifth best receiver? Like, there are so many, uh, you know, so many options for the Cardinals, and none of them are the best player at their position. So they're just going to have to figure out what choose your own adventure they want to take. And if it's corner, fine. We're in the situation as we were last year where anybody that they take would benefit them. Unfortunately, with Isaiah Simmons, he seems to be more of a work uh, a work in progress, still not completely molded clay yet. But the Cardinals, again, they just have to pick somebody that's going to have an impact. And I don't care who it is. At this point, I don't care what position it is, as long as it's somebody that Steve Kime can look at, say, you know what? I think that player's talented. It will it'll translate to the NFL level. Have him be right and have it work. I mean, we really just have to get down to just just the basics here. Draft somebody and have him be a starter. I mean, that's that would be your that's yearned for with the Arizona Cardinals at this point. It's an interesting mock draft from Joe Marino because it's a prospect that we keep on bringing back to the table because his uh, status stock continues to fall, plummet. He's got Micah Parsons going in uh, the late 20. I just don't envision this happening, especially after they get all the uh, everything from the the different look combine this year. Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State, going 29. I just if that if there's an opportunity to pick up a player of that caliber. At 16, I think you can't pass up on it because, to your point, you are taking the third projected corner, uh, 16th overall. Patrick Sertain, who I don't think is you know a slam dunk prospect, is the top prospect at that spot, at the corner spot. And then there's a guy in Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech that Mel Kuyper has uh, going to the Cardinals at 16. And then there's J.C. Horn, who, you know, I think he's just in that 
spot because of his position. I, I watched some highlights of J.C. Horn. He is a guy that uh, he I, I got to envision that he's going to be flagged up a bunch just in the physical way he plays the cornerback position. He, he's all over wide receivers. He makes a lot of play. You see him kind of come off the come off the in blitz packages and, and sack the quarterback, and he's versatile. But I kind of see him as potentially another Byron Murphy. Like I, I don't know. Like you, you can't honestly say that. Like from day one, J.C. Horn is going to be a guy that you can just put in the starting lineup and make an impact. So like, if you are indeed looking for those impact makers. I just don't think it is Horn. I don't even think that's the case with Sertain and Caleb Farley, who are the, you know, who are being bandied about as the top prospects at that position. Well, I mean, you look at Patrick Sertain, and it's, 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 it's really, really difficult to gauge the talent of guys that come from Alabama on the defensive side. I mean, you know, the offense is going to be potent, uh, to say it lightly. You know that you're able to take chances. I mean, Patrick Sertain pretty much took away half the field. He pretty much took away half the field in college, and he's going to be gone. Caleb Farley's going to be gone. So the Cardinals need to make the decision, do you take need or best available? And this may be a lucky-for-them situation because they have need everywhere. So I, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm taking the highest-graded player on their board at 16 regardless of position because they have zero they have zero uh uh, uh power in this They're, whoever falls to them is who's going to fall to them so sure maybe you take a corner you take an offensive lineman you take a wide receiver you take an edge rusher whoever is the highest graded guy on their board at 16 is who they need to take i i think it'd be a fool's errand to you know pigeonhole yourself to one position just like all these mock drafters are are, are mock drafting Having the Cardinals taking a corner, they have thirty-two teams about uh, to worry about. The Cardinals only have one to worry about. And so, I, yeah. And outside of Josh Rosen, I think that Steve Kime has, at least, and this could be problematic. I think it is problematic that he has taken the player best available, regardless of position. I mean, just take the eighth overall pick last draft. He takes Isaiah Simmons, where everybody was kind of saying, "Okay, they're going to go offensive line." Like they're taking which, whichever offensive lineman is available. You realize that that's not the case. As far as the Arizona Cardinals brass is concerned, they're they're gonna go. They're not gonna go draft based on need unless it's a quarterback and they've got a quarterback in the fold. So I think that uh, you you really probably should stop looking at these mock drafts and saying, okay, J.C. Horn realistically he's gonna be wearing a Cardinals. It may it might happen in the second round. It could happen in the third round. But I I just don't see them doing it as far as first round selection taking the corner out of South Carolina. His tape, it's pretty impressive. And you mentioned, I like your point about the Alabama players because it is tough. That was, you know, when you watched or looked at any of the coverage from the Senior Bowl, a lot of those scouts are looking to see how Alabama players play without their Alabama teammates because they're elite, right? Like as far as how Mac Jones was going to react without his elite wide receivers or how guys like Alex Leatherwood would, you know, protect when he doesn't have, you know, potential first round picks right next to him. But uh JC Horn, he looked pretty good. It's a good barometer to see how Horn played against Alabama and he played quite well. But uh I just don't know if the Cardinals if it's the right pick for them to take him 16th overall. It's Locked On Cardinals part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day Bo Brock Alex Clancy give us a follow on Twitter at 
Lockdown Easy Cards at Clancy's Corner and at Bob Rack. Coming up on the other side, let's get into that conversation because there was the blockbuster that went down over the weekend. Matthew Stafford's now a member of the LA Rams. Did they give up too much for the veteran signal caller or was it worth bringing over Stafford to kind of put them over the top as far as where they want to go? And that's contend for a Super Bowl. We'll get into that debate. It's Locked on Cardinals. If you tune into this podcast on a regular basis, you'll realize that Alex and I are completely different people. No two people are alike. No two tax returns are alike either. Thankfully, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you got married this year and you have some questions about how that affects your filing status. Maybe you want an expert to review your return so you don't miss any deductions on your new house that you just bought. Or maybe you just want to hand off the whole thing from start to finish so you can focus on that burgeoning baby photographer career. Very lucrative. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let the expert file for you, TurboTax Live Tax Experts give you the confidence to know that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Into it. TurboTax Live. So I was just settling in for uh, just a lazy Saturday night. I, I didn't think that there was going to be any blockbuster deals. And then across my Twitter timeline, it's Matthew Stafford being traded from Detroit to the LA Rams for a pair of future first-round picks, a 22 and a 23 first-round pick in a third-round pick this year, plus Jared Goff going to the Motor City. And LA Rams fans believe that this was the missing piece. Matthew Stafford, a guy that can kind of drive the ball down the field, something that Jared Goff wasn't known for. They feel like this is the guy perfect for their offense to move them forward. They were in the divisional round this year. They fell to the the Green Bay Packers, but you know they had the top-ranked defense this year. They they're very they're very uh star-heavy. You've got Aaron Donald, you've got Jalen Ramsey, you've got Cooper Cup, you've got Robert Woods, and you've got some uh interesting run young running backs. Alex, does this uh move putting Stafford at the quarterback position for the Rams put them atop the NFC West division? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so there's a couple different – it's a double-edged sword for the Rams. One positive, one not so positive. One, yeah, they gave away a lot of draft capital. And it looks like, in my opinion at least, this the timer is starting for this Rams team. The countdown has begun. Maybe takes three years. I mean, their, their gap to win is starting to shrink now that you don't have any first-round picks. You have a 33-year-old quarterback. I don't care that he doesn't want a playoff game. He's a good quarterback. Um, And you have Aaron Donald obviously not getting any younger. And Jalen Ramsey hasn't even really hit his peak yet. You have Cam Akers. Let's see what he can do the second year, in his second year. But I think that they're top-heavy like the Cardinals are. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they bring in free agents. They're always – they're a lot better at bringing in free agents than the Cardinals have been. Um, I think that they got better. But I also think their window has shrunk because of who they chose at quarterback. And it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, without any sort of draft capital at the top of drafts. And I'm sure they'll be drafting in the late 20s anyway. But, I mean, they're going to be a very interesting team to follow. And unfortunately, the Cardinals have neither had good uh, results against Matthew Stafford nor the Rams since Kyler Murray took over as quarterback. But it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't avoid 
Jared Goff, who, I mean, Goff had immense success against the Cardinals. I mean, he lost his first start in that atrocious rookie season. And then after that, after he teamed up with Sean McVay, we know McVay's never lost to the Cardinals. And uh, and Goff has been a guy under, you know, at the quarterback position for, I think, seven of the eight wins. Obviously, they won with John Wolford in the regular season finale. It is it is just kind of fascinating to kind of see how this quarterback market's developed this offseason where you see guys coming from bad situations or at least perceived bad situations. Deshaun Watson, you know, I don't think anybody will argue he's the top quarterback who's available even so that, even though the Texans said they're not trading him on Friday. And then you've got uh, Stafford uh, coming from Detroit where, you know, in three playoff attempts, they he goes 0-3 and – you know, his team was five and eleven last season. They were three, four, and one under Stafford the previous season, and six and ten. A guy that hasn't been over five hundred in three seasons. But you know, it's it's all on it being a crummy organization, and I can kind of see the case being made for that. But uh, you know, at, at some point there is some accountability for that. Uh, but look, I, I won't disagree that I think Matthew Stafford, his skill set, it does it does kind of intrigue me to what what he to see what he can do in in. McVay's system you know is he going to be able to not have to hold Stafford's hand and tell the cutoff on uh was it the radio communication between play callers and quarterbacks at 15 seconds and what kind of advantage that happened and how that makes the Rams offense move a little bit quicker I, I don't know what that's going to look like as far as the Cardinal I mean here, here's the actual reality of all this you like the the Rams made their move I don't think that they're done probably going to go out and get themselves uh, a big-time wide receiver, even though they've got Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods. I think they want somebody to kind of take the top off the defense. The Arizona Cardinals just need to focus on what they can control this offseason. Like, they have to improve this roster. I mean, if if you're looking at it as the Cardinals as they were when they finished 2020 versus the Rams, then absolutely, yeah. The Rams, on paper, beat the Cardinals. Abs- like, nine times out of ten. I, they just need to figure. I mean, the the Forty ers I mean, they're they're likely going to make a move and upgrade at the quarterback position. They've got a lot of talent on that roster. I mean, it's it the Arizona Cardinals at some point, and it's probably going to come in March when when the new league year begins and transactions really start to uh, get to a frenzy level. The Cardinals need to be heavily involved in that. They have to improve this roster. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, because as of right now, if the 49ers trade for a quarterback, even if it's Kirk Cousins, which we'll talk about in a little bit, the Cardinals are in last place in the AFC, in the NFC West. I mean, it, it, talent-wise, for sure. I still think Seattle is the best team because you have the best quarterback in Russell Wilson. You're going to have a full year with Jamal Adams and maybe Carlos Dunlap. That defense came on strong in the second half of the year, and I know that the first half they were pretenders more than anything, but it's still Russell Wilson, and they win 10 games every year. That's what Seattle's done. That's what they continue to do. They make the playoffs. They win 10 games a year, and they're always relevant. So I'd still put them as the one seed. The Cardinals, you're right. I, I mean, unless... They can somehow turn this. I mean, they don't have that much cap space. Mm-mm. Turn some of that cap space into talent that can play immediately. Cardinals are in for a rude awakening in 2021, realizing that they again didn't do enough to let it, to keep up in the NFC West, let alone the rest of the NFC. So there, there is going to be a reckoning 
at the end of the 2021 season, there's going to be a lot of heads that'll roll if the Cardinals don't do their due diligence through the draft and free agency in an effort to bolster the roster. We said this last year, but because Kyler Murray and the Cardinals got out to such a hot start and they crapped the bed for the last six or seven games of the year, people forget how bad they played because they played so well early that, man, if they don't take care of business this offseason, Steve Keim gone, Cliff Kingsbury gone, and you're looking at Kyler Murray's rookie-scale contract all but evaporated with three years into it. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, what Steve Keim had to do last year, I mean, even off of a 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year campaign for Kyler Murray was finding a... A, a way, creative way to bring talent onto this roster because it wasn't working as far as going out to the open free agent market and say, "Hey, you want to come play for the Arizona Cardinals?" That like, it, it, and that's all based on perception, right? It's because it, they're they're not a trendy team. If Les Snead is talking to a, a player's representative and Steve Kimes talking to a player's representative, and it's between the Rams and the Cardinals, you know, what's the interior offensive lineman? Where likely where is he going to pick to go? play for pretty simple answer right yeah he's gonna go play for Sean McVay in the in the LA Rams and yeah. a team that's gonna you know on paper should contend for a Super Bowl I mean what what we're staring down right now and, and it seemed like it was the, the the deck was already pretty stacked against the Cardinals as far as who they have to face next year as far as their schedule goes and then as far as how they're going to improve this roster and then going from their win totals and improving on that for the uh, what the third consecutive season, that it's going to be the toughest of this rebuild, and that Steve Keim has to continue to be creative. And are are you going to have the confidence in him to do that? I mean, he could like look. It would it would take him pulling off you know the the this version this year's version of the DeAndre Hopkins trade last year and. To, to to think that that can happen two seasons in a row, I don't know. It's almost foolish. But the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to do it to keep up with the Joneses in the NFC West. I mean, it's I mean when you look at the three teams, even the even the Niners being down, like that's still going to be more appealing to go play for them and them attract free agents on the open market than what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. Look, it's I understand the continuity, bringing back coaches and bringing back offensive linemen and guys that had fine seasons in that but that's not going to get you over the hump this time around like you've got to make a splash it's just so important i mean this it's it's groundhog's day bo i mean yes it is splash flashy and talent wise like the arizona the cardinals are i mean never's never's a long time but they're going to be overcoming a lot of obstacles to become a destination place for free agents. You know, it, it's just, it, that's why if you draft players, they don't have a choice where they're going to play for the first four years by all accounts, you know, unless you're Jamal Adams and you want out of East Rutherford. It's just, this is just a snowball continuing to roll down the hill with, you know, failed drafts in the past and them still having gaping holes in, in positions of need uh, on offense and defense. So, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of free agents this year that can help bolster this lineup. The Cardinals need to figure out a way to balance talent, team-friendly deals in some capacity, and meshing together that with a solid draft, and they could be off and running. I mean, this is very temporary. There's there's not, nothing to say that Matt Stafford 
could play 16 games next year. He's been injured pretty much every year over the last couple. And who's to say that the 49ers are going to actually land Deshaun Watson or Kirk Cousins? They could be rolling out with Jimmy Garoppolo or Nick Mullins next year. Their team on defense is now injury prone. Debo Samuel can't stay healthy. You know, like, and none of their running backs can stay healthy for a full year. So the Cardinals don't always have to be in this spot. They don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel during the offseason. They just need to add stable pieces to both sides of the ball and have a B-level draft. And they should win eight or nine games next year. They have enough talent on the roster to do so. They have their anchors in place with Chandler Jones coming back that, you know, there there's... There's no reason why they can't win eight or nine games as a baseline next year if they have a good offseason, regardless of who's in their division. Bo Brock and actually executing on it. That's that's the bugaboo here for everything. Can they go do that? Can they go win one of two games against backup quarterbacks in week 16 and week 17? No. Can they go into an offseason and execute somewhat flawlessly like winning teams do? The answer has been no as of late. And if they can turn it around, who's to say how high they can go with Kyler Murray? You know, but they they have to execute it. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner to follow Alex, at Bob Rack to follow me. Let's get into Kyler Murray taking home some hardware from the Pro Bowl, plus who would fit on the Cardinals roster from this weekend's Senior Bowl. We'll get into that conversation real quick before we get out of here. It's Locked On Cardinals. Bo Brock here telling you about the best tasting protein bar ever. And this is legitimate. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever because it does taste exactly like a candy bar. Like you almost feel guilty after you eat it. But you shouldn't because it's equally as healthy as it is delicious. All the bars covered in 100% chocolate. Soft, easy to chew. And they've got 18 amazing flavors to choose from. You've got your original flavors. You've got your German chocolate, peanut butter, mint brownie, delicious double chocolate, toffee almond. I mean, the list is long, and they're all just incredible. You've got six new flavors. Caramel brown, cookies and cream. How about apple almond crisp? And like I said, they're great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a built Bar. Delicious treat. Bars low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. Right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's using the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The bets for the big game are starting to take shape. Last time I checked, BetOnline.ag had the Chiefs as three-point favorites. That line has moved a little bit. Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Does that mean people are putting money on the Bucks? Pretty interesting. Huge total as well, 56 points. Over, under. I know we always want to root for the over, but under might be the play here. You want to make a bet on the big game? There's only one place you can trust. That's, of course, betonline.ag. And right now, if you sign up for a free account with betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you put in 50 bucks, you'll get 25 free bucks to play around with. Like you don't even have to use your own money to bet on the big game. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the action. Use the promo code Locked On. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I just saw it come across my timeline last night. It was the uh, Pro Bowl 
and it was Kyler Murray on the sticks as far as playing Madden. This, that's how they did it. They did it virtually. It was like Snoop Dogg. It was a guy from NASCAR. It was uh, Jamal Adams just screaming into his headset like he was a 13-year-old kid playing Xbox. It was uh, I, I could only take a, like a few seconds of it. But uh, Kyler Murray, if you don't know, he's like known for his ability. He, he's a he's a gamer, and uh, he took home the MVP hardware, I guess, for this uh, this different look Pro Bowl. Which I don't have, if they this is how they do the Pro Bowl where they just you know name the roster and then they play it virtually. Like I have no problem. Like I don't have to uh, like force myself to watch some of the game. Like the Pro Bowl is not something anybody's really going to miss being played. Uh, you know, actually, it, when they try to like replicate an NFL game where guys are not, they're just pretty much just mailing it in. They're just putting their uniforms on and going out there and, and playing touch football. But uh, so Kyler Murray, he won the MVP. So I guess that's something you could be proud of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, the Cardinals and the and the Suns have the two reigning champs for their respective tournaments. Uh, via video games with Devin Booker and uh, and Kyler Murray. Wow, I uh, guess didn't, cool. didn't even know that. Didn't even know that that Devin. Booker. You know, watch NBA Two K tournament when when the pandemic started. It was in I don't know, it was April or May or something, and Devin Booker took it down. I just took down the journey. I don't. I don't get in. Call me old. I just don't. I can't get into watching other people play video games. It's just it's not appealing to me. But. There's obviously a, a big a group of people that do, and um, Kyler Murray uh, took it down, and the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I mean, he was the first first-round pick that Steve Keim had drafted that made the Pro Bowl, so there is there's a little progress there. There was also yeah. the Senior Bowl that went down on Saturday. I don't think anybody actually cares about the game or the result, um, but the lead-up, you you hear all the 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 news, the reports from some from practice. You get the scattering reports on some smaller school guys. I know that uh, Steve Kime probably frothing at his mouth just uh, watching some of these guys from South Dakota State and uh, Wisconsin Whitewater just uh, have themselves some good old practice battles. But I thought there were a couple guys that I was reading about, and then I got to uh, kind of watch come Saturday that that stood out that wouldn't be first round picks for the Cardinals probably not even second round picks uh but there here are a couple names to kind of uh keep tabs on throughout the draft process uh obviously it was the guy we talked about Friday uh Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater he's an interior offensive lineman center guard he play either of those positions and also Dylan Raddins from North Dakota State. He's uh, I was talking to Ross Jackson recently. And he called him a snowplow. He plays the tackle position, which isn't necessarily a need for the Cardinals. But you know, if you can add any of those guys and add them to the offensive line, I'll I'll take that late in the in the uh, in the draft. Um, also, Kellen Mond. You know who I'm talking about, Alex, Texas A&M quarterback. I thought that the performance Dude. in the regular season finale from uh, Chris Trevler was very telling that the Cardinals do need to kind of upgrade the quarterback position behind Kyler Murray. And I don't, and I think Kellen Mond can kind of play a similar type of game as Kyler Murray. And, uh, you know, I, I always, I don't, I don't think it, there's a problem drafting a quarterback each and every seat, each and every draft, uh, as long as you're not taking him in the first round or second round. I thought that was kind of a questionable by Philly, but it was the right move. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like Kellen Mond. 
I mean, I saw I saw him play a little bit. Uh, Texas A&M had a good year this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they were they potentially a CFP snubs if Jimbo Fisher had anything to say about it. But um, <laughs> with the Cardinals not having a fourth and sixth round pick this year, I might want to pass on a QB and just hope that. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Brett Hundley. I don't know what they're going to do with Chris Trevler. Um, you just hope. Yeah, I don't know what kind of image that would portray if you're drafting a quarterback with one of your four picks in the draft coming up. Yeah, and I I mean, was, is that being sensitive? No, I think that that especially when we talk about finding impact makers. I mean, you've got a quarterback, so no, absolutely. I, I can kind of see where that's a little hypocritical, especially on my part, but. I do think it's a it's a position maybe in free agency that they can look at. If if Mond is a guy or if if there's some draft prospects at the quarterback position that be, don't get their name called maybe in, in an undrafted free agent. It's it's a position that I think the Cardinals it's not a it's not a priority, but I think it is a, is something that they do need to address this offseason. Uh running back Michael Carter out of UNC He's a guy that's probably not going to go in the first round, but uh, he, he's got speed to burn, and uh, I, I kind of I think he'd be a, a great option for the future of the running back position for the Arizona Cardinals. And then Aaron Robinson was a cornerback from UCF that kind of stood out during practices, but all these guys not first rounders, and uh, I think that these guys would potentially be able to crack the roster and and see some playing time in 2021 for the Arizona Cardinals and be part of the uh, solution going forward. Yeah, I mean, needing to find a running back in this draft is paramount. Or in free agency, but, but you know, you'd rather get it in the draft. Um, North Carolina had a two-headed monster running back that, I mean, they were beasts. I mean, they had the coming out party against Miami, where I believe they both ran for over 200 yards and a boatload of touchdowns in a massacre of University of Miami. Um you need to find a running back in this draft. Uh, I know we've gone back and forth about it being a first rounder. I just don't think drafting a running back in the first round is smart, regardless of where you are. If you, I mean, if you win ten games, you know, you won ten games last year. You make the playoffs and you're drafting twenty five or twenty six. I mean, it's a different conversation. But I think sixteen. There's bigger positions of need. But if you can find somebody in the second or third round that you believe can be a volume guy for you and be able to, you know, kind of allow you to move on from Kenyon Drake and allow find a guy that can run between the tackles. Um, it's paramount. That That is definitely a huge position of need. I just don't think it's 16. Yeah, and if you look at the leading rushers from the NFL this this 2020 season, if you look at the past seasons, you'll, you'll realize that the guys in the top, you know, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, what do those guys all have in common? None of them were first-round picks. You have to look to, all the way to about eighth, where it's Josh Jacobs, and he was a late first-round pick as far as your leading rushers in the NFL and where they were selected. So out to Alex's point, it's you, you can find value beyond the first round uh, for the running back position. I mean, Derrick Henry, second-round pick. Dalvin Cook, second-round pick. Jonathan Taylor, I believe, second-round pick. Aaron Jones, even later, fifth or sixth-round pick. David Montgomery, I think, a third-round pick. James Robinson, was he wasn't even drafted. Nick Chubb, second-round pick. It's it's insane. And then you see guys kind of sprinkled in there, like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who, Elliott, who was a top-five pick. But, you know, they also had to pay him 
an incredible amount of money after and he he forced their hand as far as paying him early. You'd rather do that at positions like the quarter like quarterback, not the running back position. I, you know, it's it's pretty fascinating. I think you know the best business move is to get a guy after the first round, and if it's second right. round, Michael Carter, I think that that's a guy worthy of the pick. Um, and you know, there's some mock drafts where guys like Najee Harris are are going uh, are going in the second round because it's such a, a trend where NFL teams they'd rather focus on on other positions, and there is uh, the ability to find those guys post day one. Right. I mean, it, sure. Once in a lifetime, you'll get an Adrian Peterson that'll be worth a top pick. But it's, I mean, Zeke is Zeke is playing fine. You can't really fault him for what happened this year in Dallas. It's been a Travis Shea mockery over there. Um, the like a name like Travis Etienne, if he's there in the second round, absolutely. Yeah, maybe take a step in the second round with the running back, as you mentioned. Uh, Nick Chubb, he went the first pick of the second round, so he was technically not a first round, not a first round pick. Derrick Henry, I think all those guys went towards the top of the second round. I think Jonathan Taylor was a little bit towards the middle. But, yeah, I mean, it's what the Cardinals did in the 2019 draft. Look at what happened with Cleveland in the 2019 draft. They got their quarterback. They got their star running back. 1-1-2-1. Bing, bang, boom. And what the Cardinals failed to do was draft anybody that's had real real lasting firepower on this roster after Kyler Murray. Sure, Byron Murphy's been fine. People projected him to go higher than he went, so the saw him as a steal at 2-1. The Cardinals would have drafted Nikhil Harry at 2-1 if the Patriots didn't take him first with the last pick of the first round. So the Cardinals didn't have a great draft in 2019, aside from Kyler Murray, and they just need to pick up the pieces now and have a bang-out draft with, with the running back included. They were... Uh... I think it was ESPN that did a just a ranking of the draft classes, and somehow they got 19th, um, which is it's being nice to Steve. 2019 for 2019 or 2020 from this past draft, 2020. Oh, really? As far as the impact, they, they used obviously hindsight as their 2020 here, and uh, really, you know, we know, you know, Isaiah Simmons didn't play close to 50 percent of the snaps. We didn't really see much of Josh Jones, your, your top two picks, and then. There were just some guys in the fourth round that played on the defensive line. But other than that, you know, that's their draft. Evan Weaver out of Cal didn't play. You know, Benjamin out of Arizona State didn't play for this team in 2020. Uh, somehow there were uh, 13 teams with a worse draft class, but the Arizona Cardinals weren't even close to the top. As far as their impacts, outside of Kyler Murray, the last two drafts, it's been minimal. So. Yeah. It's going to be important. It's got to be huge. It's got to be big. And, you know, for us to expect that, I think that would be uh, unrealistic. But, you know, blind squirrels, sometimes they can find a nut. And we'll see. We'll see if they can get it done. You've got to have this is the case where, you know, the Arizona Cardinals have to have like a New Orleans Saints draft where they got themselves, uh, was it Lattimore and um, Kamara? And just impact makers from like rounds one through four, they're going to have to do that, and they're going to not have the luxury of a fourth round pick. We'll see if Steve Kime can add maybe some draft capital between now and the draft, but we'll see. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Do us a favor, check out our Apple Podcast site. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating if you enjoy the podcast. It helps us out 
a lot. Give us a follow, of course, on Twitter at LockdownAZCards and our personal accounts at Bob Rack to follow me, Bo Brock, and at Clancy's Corner to follow Alex. You guys have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.